Welcome back to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. My name is DM Celeste, uh, at Seekonowich on Twitter. It's true. And I am DM Neil, a.k.a. Joke Maniac. And there are three people in the gym today, and I am very excited, but I'll let, your, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Devin Rue, and I'm a cartographer for the RPG community. And I'm here because I'm crazy and decided last minute to do this. Yes, you're fine. <laughs> well, we are very happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm totally prepared. Yes. We, if people knew how prepared we were for every session, they would be surprised. I'll leave it at that. And not horrified, surprised. Yes, surprised, surprised is good. So we're <laughs> going to tie back to episode number one fifty four, which was world building map changes over time. And of course, Devin, you were the guest for that, and it was an amazing episode, which led Rorik and I to create Diamnastics number one twenty seven. On the Road to Ruins, which is a dad dad joke level pun, which yes, comes is. from The Magic School Bus, Season 3, Aww. Episode 12. Um, and I have a YouTube link in the forums, so you can go experience that joy if you want to. Rock on! Oh, well done. Oh, look, there we did it again. Well done. Okay, uh, moving away from that as fast as we can, <laughs> Celeste, what did you pick from the forum to showcase? Yeah, did we want to go ahead and explain a little bit about the prompt? No. Yes, we do. Okay, sweet. Uh, all right. So here on the prompt, I would just like to say you should go and absolutely check out this forum post because there is an incredible map from Devin just heading it right over here. So I actually mostly just stared at that before I realized there were questions. And essentially what we did for this, um, so we... We gave uh, a couple different tables here, uh, and then so we had everybody roll a place. And so this could be something like a village or a forest or something you might commonly find on a map. And then we also had people roll on a natural disaster table. And the whole prompt was, how did this disaster affect this place? And what what does that look like? Was sort of our prompt. Yes. So I ended up picking... Okay, uh, this was a suggestion from DM Pax here, talking about uh, something they titled the Red Ravine. So this was, uh, they rolled for a canyon, and then it was affected by a mudslide. Um, but, you know, which seems pretty common, but they made it really cool by basically giving this ravine, which was like kind of a choking point on the map, like this only passed through this mountain range. So it was very famous for lots of fighting and like bandit raids would occur in this place. And one of these big battles that happened, uh, a wizard was involved and basically he created this giant mudslide that came down and coated the canyon forever in this red hard baked clay. So the red clay now fills this pass and um and also all the bloody history of this place naming it the red ravine now forever oh that's good yeah so i thought that was a pretty cool way like having arcane might affect a map and change a place forever is just a really really cool idea devin do you have any thoughts on the red ravine well so the funny thing is is that a lot of the places that we name on maps are not the local nicknames. When catastrophes or when anything changes on a map, um, the names don't always automatically change along with it unless it's an established place. So the cool thing is, is that it still would be known as to whatever it was before and you will have conflicts of people giving you directions. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
which would be awesome because you're going to have a bunch of people that'll try and direct you to whatever it was before. And then you're going to get lost because someone else is, oh, you're looking for the Red Ravine. No, no, no. I was looking. They specifically said. <laughs> for Samuel's Pass. <laughs> it's yeah. like, nope, you know? nope. That's the, the bloody local history. Yeah. And you won't find it on the map either because nothing will be named Red Ravine until like quite some time later. That is an excellent <laughs> conflict to throw at your PC characters. <laughs> I I love that idea. Well, and also the idea that like how far into the history does it become the Red mm-hmm. Ravine? Because eventually right. that could be the change that happens. But yeah, in the short term, well, in just that conflict of like, no, you can't go through there. Well, no, I can go through there. Look, the map clearly shows that it, this is how I go through there. Right? It's like, no, no, you can't go through there. Who's on first? Yeah, and how many people are going to go to that ravine and go, what the? It's coated in clay blood. Like, where was this noted on the map? Right? You know? And how many maps need to have that scrolled on it now? Big bread X, don't go there. Draw a little ghost. Ooh. Right? (laughs) And then, imagine nothing happens there, but it gets uh, a reputation for being haunted or... You know, oh, it's the blood of, it's not really red clay, it's the blood of the people that died there. So now it has this whole, you know, uh, ghost story behind it. And you know that somebody's going to cash in on that tourism. absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then a small town grows next to it. Yes. This is how things happen. I love it. Amazing. (laughs) So the next one we're going to highlight, which I also love, is from DM Deadly Sprinkles. (laughs) Uh, and congratulations on that name yes (laughs) so they rolled a floating city that is affected by a solar flare and so they gave the context also for the floating city in that it was a group of monks that had secluded themselves and they were graviton monks so essentially as the topography was shifting it looked like the island that they were on wasn't going to exist anymore so using their powers of gravity, they tried to sustain what land they had. Apparently, some math was wrong, and they floated off into the sky, taking oh, no. quite a bit with them. And so math is yeah, hard. Math, math is, hard. is yeah. super hard, <laughs> especially when there's gravity involved. Yeah, especially when there's multiple people involved. Yes. <laughs> No, no, that's what I got. Uh, we'll just split the difference. It'll be fine. Uh, it's, yeah. it's you're probably right. And so they essentially started existing in the sky. And as you can imagine, something floating in the air would be more affected by solar flares. And this actually negatively affected their gravity. And part of it ripped away and fell off into the ocean, which so they took. I like that they also are like, yeah, yeah, I see your one cataclysmic event and I would like to raise another because, of (laughs) course, a giant piece of this island caused a tsunami when it fell into the ocean and destroyed quite a few settlements. So I thought it was just amazing because it gave – it didn't just accept, okay, I have a floating island. This is why I have a floating island and this is what happened and these were the consequences. So I really like the post because it kind of fleshes it out in the before and after. So well done, DM Deadly Sprinkles. And everything that occurs does have a ripple effect. Oh, yeah everything like like even just going on with the ravine in a town 
you know, pops up because of tourism? Does it mean that they left another town that was nearby to establish the new one because there's money there, not where they were? You know, and whoever remained at the other town has now become a, you know, a, a desolate town or just farmers. Like everything, there's a whole chain reaction that can occur with every one major event. Yeah, I don't know. Can change uh, uh, the butterfly effect can change everything else that goes on in your world. It yeah. has ripples. I yeah. love I love the idea that you just established people creating a ghost town to go set yes. up a ghost a ghost town, town. <laughs> an active working yes. ghost town, <laughs> leaving behind a ghost Sadly, town. Yes. It's just a chain yeah. of ghost towns that sprout up <laughs> right across this country. Yeah. Awesome. So I think we have done our highlighting, which means we're going to lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Hoorah. Okay, I'm going to pull up a dice roller, and we are going to see what happens. You don't want a sound of a sweet, sweet dice roll? I mean, I won't stop you. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and roll. So what, it's a d20? A d20 followed by a d10. So, Celeste, are you going to roll first? I have rolled, yes. So I rolled places. I got four, which is city. And then on events, I got a 10, which is a magical cataclysm. Ooh. Cataclysm. That's yeah, a word. Yeah, see, I couldn't say that either. I was like, it's hard. There's too many Ys. Cataclysm. Yeah, so let the destruction begin. Well, do you have any ideas? I mean, you definitely rolled the anything else kind of button because it just says magic. Magic. Uh, yes. Okay. So a city that is changed by magic. I have some cliches, but I don't. I don't necessarily want to say them because I feel like they've been done quite a few times. Okay. Well, toss them. What I would hate to say. Okay. <laughs> so one of them. I'm like, oh gosh. What I have. I have two ideas, but I want to check them against your cliche list. So something happens, and essentially the city now exists outside of the normal existence be it they're they're all invisible but they all still live there mm-hmm. be it you step in and it's a, technically a different plane of existence yeah, which like is go to the astral plane. mortifying <laughs> um then the one that i also thought of um it's a new comic book from robert kirkland who did the walking dead it's called oblivion song and they were trying to they essentially tapped into a different reality and then transposed like a huge portion of chicago Wow. Like it went over there and over there went to over here and brought with it like, of course, terrifying monsters as well. It should. But that's another magical option. Yeah, I was thinking, um, like, what if this the city existed and then a rift essentially opened that connected this place to another place? Like, so maybe the people of that place were trying to. Uh, escape an o- their own natural disaster or something, so they open it up, and then suddenly you have an in a huge influx of a population from another place that now is like coming to live in this city. So the population doubles overnight of people trying to escape like a desperate situation on their end. I have never heard of this before. For something else that we have done. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay. But but yeah. So De- uh, yeah. Devin is just like, I don't know what they're How talking they? about. <laughs> <laughs> just so like a, if a whole city had to evacuate and suddenly a rift opened and a whole city worth of people showed up 
in this place. Like, that would absolutely change everything. Landscape, the city would have to expand. Like, what would you do just with all of these people who suddenly here uh, were dumped on your doorstep running from another natural disaster? That was one idea. And then I also had another one. Like, what if Druid bites back? And then all of a sudden, like, a bunch of druids summoned, like, a forest that would grow in the middle of this town, like, trying to reclaim, like, a city, or they were trying to connect with the nature spirit, or so just suddenly the nature just becomes to overwhelm the city, and so everything is, like, warring with each other there. But would they do that, being that they strive more for balance? I don't know. Maybe the city is, like, the most mechanized, like, totally taking mm. over, uh, polluting the air, being, you know, and so it's like an extreme environmental activism, essentially, to like, oh, well, here's a bunch of trees now in the middle of your city. Eat that. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I'm trying to think of, I mean, also tying it back to the idea of changes to the map. I mean, both of those obviously have the long-term effects of either erasing or adding trees. I mean, those are the two the two big ones that My I My bane. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> trees. Uh. The other the other thing I thought when you said like a portal or a rift was the influx of people because maybe it connects that area of the world to a different area. And now it's a source of travel and like you turn it into like an economy and now everybody wants to go here or at least go through here because now it's faster to get to the other side of the world. Um, would be Which would have a tremendous cultural impact, by the way. Oh, yeah. Not absolutely. so much the map, but mm -hmm. a definite cultural impact. Well, eventually it would, the map, because you're talking about an expanding city. Because no matter, especially if there's a way to, to travel from one place to another easier, oh, yeah, you're going to have a, a, a lot more roads leading that direction, especially for trade and merchants and everything else so it became a tr major trade hub so it would expand quite a bit and right. villages popping up outside of the city as more types of people are pushed outside like the walls just can't contain so it becomes oh. micro communities you'd also have a huge influx uh in the economy which would end up with a severe uh poor population and an extreme rich population mm -hmm. yep um much like um, New York. So, because of all the immigrants and everything else, uh, especially at one point at the high at the high point of immigration, we end up with extremely poor people and extremely rich people because of the the trade, the influx, and uh, the workers. You could find anyone for literally pennies at the time, but <laughs> um, so it it's it causes huge, which of course is an uptick in crime, and so. Yeah, all that has a tremendous, again, butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. The idea, oh, I love the idea of new roads, even because that's going to happen probably before the infrastructure of building new cities around it. People are just yeah. going to go there. The other thing is, of course, I mean, the negative side is everything we've talked about is sunshine and capitalism, but <laughs> the. Yeah. The crime rate going up is not exactly sunshine and no, capitalism. No, no, but, hey, but with, I mean, <laughs> even farther is. What if there's the great evil that wants to take this and control it now and wipes anything and everything out in its way so that it can control this travel method back and right. forth? Yeah. 
evil. <laughs> the big baddie is a gatekeeper. You, you get a big boy <laughs> lich rolling into town on his floating city and yep. lands it right on top of this portal and was like, this is mine now. I, I'm going to charge admittance. Anyone that wants to come in. Right? Yep. I like it. So now the question, Devin, did you roll? And what did you roll? What am I rolling? Roll a d20 and I will tell you the place that you have rolled. Oh, wow. I got a two. What's a two? A village. Two, two is village. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can accept a village. I like how 12 is pond. What happened to this pond that made it crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and on my d10, I got a two. <laughs> so two, that's two. a super volcano event. <laughs> so it's a village with a volcano. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can totally go Hawaiian here, and they worship the volcano. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's angry and it erupts, but mm, that's a little too cliche. I would say more like, instead of it erupting upwards, like everyone likes to draw them on maps, it erupts through the sides, splits the mountain in half, creates a huge valley uh, on the inside of a very tropical area that the villagers can go in and uh, create exotic foods, uh, have a really, really good farmstead going on and create a, well, I was going to say like exotic foods because that, that makes them another um, center of attraction because people generally want to create a place where they can, they can have a better economy. So, or export the soil for that matter, mm. which is always good. So, my thought is magic. So I look, and I wouldn't have thought of okay. this without you saying that the it would not go up but go out the sides. What if you know someone thought, okay, I'll solve this problem rather than it going into the atmosphere, doing all of these things. I will use the power of wizardry and have it vent out the sides. But the other idea is then to have that. Magic. You don't actually need that, by the way. No. A lot of volcanoes actually vent out the sides. Yes, and okay. Uh, Yes, but I want to use magic. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. We like magic. <laughs> no, we can totally use magic. I, for some reason, was going non-magical because you guys did, but that's fine. Ruin my ideas. No, I'm not <laughs> ruining okay. it. I. Okay. It was only with your idea that my idea would exist. <laughs> and because of that magic, the people of the village are like affected by it, and it turns into a village of fire genasi. Because they've been praying to this volcano, the magic kind of infused into the ground and maybe it's years, generations later, but now because of that and they're doing these exotic foods, they're using the soil in other places, it actually turns the people into Genasi. I don't know if I'd exactly go with fire Genasi though, because if they're trying to control it, mm. it'd be earth, right? They, they'd uh, okay. most likely be earth or water, I guess, but I'd presume more earth i i don't want to stop it what if it's all three it could be they all they do they get to pick or do the gods pick for them this is how genasi were invented we've done it <laughs> there we go we solved the mystery <laughs> problem solved one volcano in a village later and here we are yes an attempt to magically change the way the earth works mm -hmm. See, dire consequences can't go wrong. Okay, that leaves me. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, it works. 
At first, I didn't think magic can... pond. Magic no, pond. it's not a magic pond. <laughs> I rolled nine, and it's the ocean. And then I rolled seven, which is flood. So then, obviously, we're going to have. In it says sea level rising. Okay. I mean, that's just terrifying. I mean, we have <laughs> no firsthand accounts on this earth of what that would be like. Uh so. I'm trying to think because you can't localize it. That's my only issue with this idea is that it just affects the entire world if the oceans are filling up with more water. Well, yes, but obviously anything that's sea level or lower is going to be affected the most. And it would actually generate things like like ponds filling overnight or lakes create, being created overnight. So what happens, especially um, with our ocean, it gets filtered through our own land. So our water tables are greatly affected by the rises in the ocean. So they get filled first. And you would literally have lakes and everything else springing up, so to speak, overnight. New springs, of course, would occur. You would have a drastic change in soil that would uh, around any coastlines. So you would have things like cliffs. You would have landslides. Um, your beaches would be majorly eroded. So there's there's a lot you could go more localized with than just we're slowly drowning. Well. <laughs> Pick something. Pick something, Neil. <laughs> so many horrible, horrible choices. I like the right. resistance of moving. I'm like, nope, I don't. Or, or I'm gonna drown. If we don't want to. If we don't want to go to the downside, we can go to the uptick to that, which would be it creates a population that lives on water so whether they're on houseboats whether they you know literally start to they can only learn how to farm like higher elevations such as mountainsides that would change their diet that would change again that would change our economy and they would have to learn all to be boatmen so i like the idea because i again wouldn't have thought of it without your wisdom that the issue starts in the middle of the land because that's amazing and so terrifying of just like, wait, what? And again, yeah. having that like conversation of like, oh, well, yeah, you can just cross over here. That's what the map says. And then you come to this like expanse of water. And you're like, uh, I don't have a boat. I don't, I don't know what to right. do now. Yeah. And there's just this giant lake expanding further and further in the middle of a landmass. That's how the shrinking basin got there. <laughs> Yes. Going yes. back to your map. Hey, that's how it got there. Yeah. I like it. And now it's just slowly drying up. That's why it's shrinking. I love the idea that if like all of these lakes and bodies of water start popping up everywhere, um, so everything's a lot more spread out, that it gives rise to a new form of like piracy. So like the people who are immediately on it, like taking, they're like, oh, well, we've got these boats and stuff. Like, let's also use them to travel around the land, like developing fast, like rapid moving boats to be able to attack these new settlements, like these flyby, um, grab their goods, grab everything. So like lake pirates become a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, also, it would also promote for that matter, because if the waters continue to rise, it would promote air pirates. Oh, yes. Let, let's get off land entirely. You know, mm -hmm. would you would you then have your floating islands, your airships? And then this we also solved where airships came from. You guys See? were just solving it all. They were afraid of a huge flood. <laughs> so they were like, you know what? We need to prepare. Let's make something that goes in the air entirely so we don't have to worry about it. 
Mind blown. And then the Air Genasi show up, and now we have all four. Uh, yep. mm. <laughs> we've done. done it. Okay, we've done it. I We can't go on, but that means yep. that, Devin, I, done. I have the most important question for you. Where can people go on the internet to find you? I am all over the internet as Devin Rue on Twitter, Facebook, yeah, Instagram, Patreon. My website is rueinc.com with a K, not a C, because it's not incorporated. It's what I'm drawing on paper with. Aha! Aha! I like it. Well, not anymore. Now it's on the tablet. Which has reaped many benefits, which you can immediately go see on the forum, the world of Dayan Bay that Devin yeah, did. My first digital map. And it is it is staggering. The size at which this map I the I got scale, a lot. even the trees, like you were saying. It's all Six so weeks. beautiful. Six Six <laughs> weeks to draw that thing. Yeah. Wow. It you can it's incredible. Worth every moment on this side of things. <laughs> yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to Twitter where you can follow us at dmnastics. And for everything else on our network, you can always go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head over to taking your supplements. Taking your supplements. Yeah, welcome to taking your supplements. My name is Celeste. <laughs> And today, we want to talk to you about Playground Adventures. Yes, we've had Daniel Marshall on before, but we wanted to showcase some other things that they have. But definitely still go check out Creature Components because he keeps coming out with them. And that means you should keep buying them. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about Playground Adventures because it's a really, really cool resource uh, for teaching kids how to play RPG games. I know that's a big question that comes up a lot uh, kind of in the in the Twitter sphere and the RPG community about folks wanting to get their kids involved in the games they love. So Playground Adventures has set out to create a bunch of really different um, modules and systems specifically for introducing kids into gaming. And one of the really nice things is that it's usually in both 5th edition, it's in Pathfinder, it's in Hero Kids, it's in a lot of different formats so that you can introduce, honestly, introduce the kids into something that you yourself are already comfortable in running. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, these are fantastic gifts also that I've sent. I know I have uh, two young nephews who are just starting to, you know, get curious about gaming. So I sent over a bunch of these modules to them last Christmas, and they absolutely loved them. They had so much fun. Um, I sent specifically Pixies on Parade, written by Stephen Rao. Uh, it is so fun, such beautiful art and maps and really clear themes that are really easy for kids to relate to without getting overwhelmed. So that that's a big, I'm a huge fan of Playground Adventures. Definitely. And also there's a Pony Finder adventure. Oh, yeah. Ghost of the Pirate Queen, which you should definitely go check out. And all of these things are extremely reasonable in price. So where should people go if they were interested in getting more from Playground Adventures? Yeah, go ahead and head over to playgroundadventures.net and you can surf through all their products, including uh, the After School Adventures, which is uh, a really fun short series designed for uh, maybe after school groups or uh, easy ways to get kids instantly involved in a gaming series. Of course. And 
speaking of that, I can't help but also promote, which you've probably heard many times before, but head over and listen to Detentions and Dragons as that's what they do. They give advice on how to implement Dungeons and Dragons inside your classroom. What? (laughs) Crazy. I wish I had had this when I was growing up. Seriously. I think that does it. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. And with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you? Add your own cardio. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>